Okay, welcome to the show. Good evening, and uh, I'm so excited to be here with you all. I know you have other choices, and I'm glad that you chose to join us. Okay, settling in. You know, it's a kind of a new thing for me tonight to be here with you all. It's a, a new place, a new team. It's been fun and exciting to be here, kind of like your birthday, you know, when you go to bed that night before and you're waking up the next day and uh, waiting for the present. So you're all my present, and hopefully uh, we're going to have a, a bit of a celebration because it is the first show. And uh, we're excited to uh, be a part of something new and different. Road to Recovery, what is it about? It's really about trying to get through not just the other side of this pandemic, but just life in general, right? For some people, that's an easy thing to do. And for some people, that's much more difficult. It's a big deal. In some cases, even life and death. So we're here tonight to show, to share interactively with each other. You call me, we call you, all that kind of stuff, and talk to each other about how you're kind of getting through. I'm here to answer questions about things related to mental health, addiction, youth crime and violence. I'm big into all that kind of stuff. Just really the things that matter. I kind of look at those three as the pandemic of life in general, not just uh, related to this, uh, related to the current COVID situation, but mental health, addiction and youth crime has been kind of the things plaguing us for quite some time. And uh, long before we were worried about the virus issues, we've had all these other things to think about, and they're still on our minds, right? So we're going to talk about those and hear your thoughts and views, and over the weeks and months and years to come, bring some pretty cool people on to talk to you about how they feel about certain things and their areas of expertise and answer questions. We're going to have lawyers and doctors and all kinds of people in recovery and so on that you can ask questions of as the weeks come and the shows carry on. And right now, I think I'd like to tell you a little bit about me because it's kind of like our first date, right? So in terms of my work, so if we were sitting down together and you say, okay, so uh, what do you do for a living? So what I do for a living is I'm the clinical director and the co-founder of The Farm in Stovall. It's a residential mental health and addiction treatment center. I'm also the co-founder and clinical director of Recover at Home, which is an opportunity for people to get healthy in their home. It's an intensive outpatient program. I'm a criminal investigator. I specialize in crime related to mental health and addiction. I was a chaplain in the prison system for a long time in the, uh, the Ontario system. I deal with kids in crisis. I take phone calls from people like you and me and Loretta and Sophia who are in the studio here tonight um, talking about stuff that, you know, bugs them and uh, try to help people get a little bit more comfortable in their skin. You know, my, my, in terms of who I am as a person, you know, I have children, I have four boys, um, I have grandchildren, a couple of those. I have uh, two elderly parents in their mid-40s, very blessed to be in that position. I have a wonderful wife of a whole lot of years, and uh, I have a little guy named Siggy. He's uh, my fur baby. We got him a few years ago. He's about six and a half pounds of absolute delicious. So that's kind of my family background. And my likes and my dislikes, I don't like pushy people. I'm not crazy about broccoli. But I'll tell you what does get me out of bed in the morning. I'm dedicated to trying to help people figure out how to get through the struggles that they face day by day. And we all have them, right? Like we all have them. Some more than others. Some are more serious than others. Sometimes it's just, you know, trying to figure out how to raise a whole bunch of kids or, you know, deal with a marriage that might be a little bit shaky or how you tell your boss about the fact you really don't want to go to work going to get to a story about that in a little bit. So it's an opportunity for us here tonight and for the weeks and months and years going forward, hopefully, to talk about the kinds of things that make your life a little bit more difficult. And that's what I, that's what I live for on a day-by-day basis, whether it's by phone or whether it's by video. I mean, oh my gosh, talk about change. 
you know, before this whole pandemic, I was running a treatment center where I was there, you know, five days a week. And then all of a sudden I can't go because my wife is, uh, you know, in recovery of her own in terms of uh, cancer recovery. So, you know, she uh, immune deficient. So I can't go anywhere near people, certainly in the beginning. Now, of course, I'm fully vaccinated and I feel like Superman, but I'm still pretty careful. So my life changed immensely. Suddenly I'm seeing people by video, not in person. And I'm dealing with my patients, not in my clinic, where we saw people day by day in terms of one-on-one work, you know, sort of that old talk therapy kind of stuff. Now I'm doing it by video and we're seeing so many people day by day in a structure, in a setting that I never believed would be possible. I never thought I could connect with people over a screen. I never thought I could connect with people. I mean, we did it for years by phone. I mean, so many of the crisis years of crisis work I did, we would do by telephone if we couldn't get to the person, you know, directly and face to face. And now to be able to help people and save lives over a video connection, it's remarkable. So there's so many things about this period of change and the stuff that we've been doing and trying to cope and survive. A lot of it has been difficult and horrible for so many. But if we start looking at a little bit of that bright star at the end of it all, you know, that little glimmer of sunshine, think about how we might be just a touch stronger as a family, maybe a little bit more capable of being self-motivated or self-starting in your work, perhaps an opportunity to realize that life has more to offer than just rushing to and from your job every day and putting your time in, so to speak, giving a lot of people a chance to reflect and deal with, you know, what do they want to be when they grow up? Not all of us get a chance to say that. Not all of us get a chance to rethink that. So, you know, if you think about it, it's not all horrible. Yeah, a lot of businesses have been shut down and we don't have an opportunity to go out for dinners. You know, I wasn't able to see my kids until very recently, until everybody sort of got vaccinated. Didn't see my grandchildren for almost a year. Didn't see my mom and my dad, who I, you know, talk to regularly. Thankfully, they're together and they're alive and they're well with each other. So, you know, I didn't get to see these people for a very long time. Life changed in so many negative ways as well, but I choose not to spend my time and my energy contemplating on the bad stuff, right? Because you know what? All of our depression, all of that stuff, the guilt, all that, that ugly stuff really comes from reflecting in the past. You know, if we spend our time thinking about what could have, you know, that would have, could have, should have, right? What we could have done if we had a chance, to do it all over again. Well, you can't spend any time doing that because it's a waste. You don't have a chance to go back and do anything other than maybe apologize. And sometimes that's not worth doing because you don't really know if you're going to get the right response on the other side. But if you move forward, right, and you spend too much time worrying about the future, then you have all kinds of things that make you anxious. You start worrying about what might happen. You catastrophize and get in your head about the ugly things that might happen around the corner, right? So the only real chance we have is living in the moment, and that's what I chose to do when this pandemic hit. I chose to take advantage of what I could at the time, make the best of what I could at the time. And hey, listen, you know, I've got all kinds of issues. I got anxiety disorder, I got OCD, I got ADD, I got a trifecta of disorders, right? So I wasn't big on going out and meeting a whole bunch of new people on a day-by-day basis. You know, big parties weren't a thing I loved to do, but I did it. I figured out ways to manage it. So staying at home, being in lockdown, and still being able to work and save lives really wasn't so horrible for me. What was horrible for me and what is still difficult to deal with are the people that I did, you know, what I dealt with in terms of the people that I deal with day-by-day. 
the stuff that they have to deal with, the stories that they hear, the families that are broken because they're stuck together and they can't separate. You know, there's something about getting up and going to work every day, kids getting to school every day, you know, or you getting out of the house to just do your regular routine. And all of a sudden, everybody in the house is together. All of a sudden, we're staring at each other, trying to figure out what to do next. You know, what does online learning look like when dad's on the internet doing work and sharing huge files? And oh my gosh, we don't have the right connection. Try to get a hold of the carriers and see how quickly they can come. Not so quickly, right? So it's all this stuff going on, all these changes that are suddenly happening to us. And we have choices, right? We all have choices. We can choose to lie down and say, this really sucks. I think I'm allowed to say that on the air. Or we can stand up and say, okay, not the greatest thing, you know, not the greatest choice, not the greatest, I, I wouldn't have made this happen for myself, but we're in it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do, you know, the kids are going to decide what we're having for dinner every second night, and uh, mom and dad are going to start having their own time. They're going to go for walks. Everyone's going to start taking care of the house together. We're all going to share, you know, uh, time on the computer if you have to share computers. Lots of people do. That's a big deal. I know people that work from their car. Can you imagine leaving your house, go sitting in your car and working with the connection that you get in your car, online, video, audio, whatever. Like a lot is going on. And you know what? That's why we're here. That's what this show is all about. I want to hear what's going on and we want to help if we can. I got the skills. I got the experience. More importantly, I care. And I really want to hear what you have to say. I really want you to give us a call. 416-870-6400. Or toll-free, 888-225-TALK, which is 8255. If you're one of those people that goes, hey, I don't know how to spell talk with the numbers. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. So 225-TALK, 8255. Give us a call. We want to share with you. We want to hear what you have to say. And when we come back, we've got so many things to talk about, right? I really appreciate you being here with me tonight. I'm really excited to be here. This has been so long in coming. I'm not sure. I'm just rambling. I know. But maybe that's what they pay me for, to just ramble a little bit. I hope it makes some sense. We'd like to hear from you. If it sound like I don't make any sense, let me know. Or just give us a call to say, hey, what's up? Or let me know what you think about life in general. Because when we come back, the question is, hey, how you doing? You know what I mean? We're a call-in show, interactive. doesn't work if you don't let us know that you're there and listening and participating in this process. This is Yona Bud, Road to Recovery, 640 Toronto. Okay, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. This is Jonah Bud, and uh, we're so excited to be part of your life this evening. So the question I shared with you before we went to break is, hey, how you doing? Yeah, that's my best uh, Joey that I can do, but it's a call-in show. We want to hear from you. That's uh, probably going to keep me here next week uh, and uh, and the weeks to come. It's interactive. Uh, you guys get to play together, uh, but we need to hear from you. We're interested to hear how you're making out today. You know, how are you getting through this situation? And what changes are you making in life? What's it like working from home? What's it like having the kids around all the time? What's it like not being able to get out with your friends and go have some fun? What's it like not knowing if your kids are going to really graduate from school? Like maybe they're going to look like they graduate from school, but they've hardly been there. And you know, like I know, they're not doing so much online learning. Yeah, they're on their computers. And yeah, they're supposed to show up, but... Not really doing a ton of work, right? You got you, you have to know that. So we'd like to hear from you, figure out how life is working out, and uh, 
your ideas on how you've been coping or not coping. That's really what we're here to talk about is if you're struggling just a little bit or know some people are struggling just a little bit, that's right up my alley, and we're excited to talk to you about it. You know, this pandemic, um, for a lot of reasons, during this last particular period of, what, almost 18 months now, it's been really a, a difficult time for a whole lot of people. And I'll tell you some of the stuff that I hear about, some of the stuff I deal with on a day-by-day basis in terms of my current patients and patients that pe- and people that are calling looking for support and looking for help daily, right? So it's all kinds of stuff around anxiety, you know, that, that fear of what the future is going to look like, if there's a future, what it looks like for you, how you're going to manage, maybe if it's a tough time for you financially like it is for a lot of people, you're not quite sure how you're going to pay the rent. Certainly that keeps you awake at night, right? Worrying about what's going to happen if your kid doesn't actually go to university because they've decided that school is just not for them because they've been bored, because they're not able to interact. you got to understand that for a lot of kids, let's see I'm going to digress for a second here, right? For a lot of kids, you know, not being able to go to class every day is a really big deal. For a lot of kids, the opportunity to interact with, you know, young people of their own age is as much a part of learning how to read and write, maybe even more so. And I think we have to understand that the struggles that young people go through today ahead of this virus, before this even started, we were already seeing ridiculously high suicide rates in teenagers. Now they're through the roof. And oh, by the way, 70% of of Canadians, adult Canadians, have talked about signs of depression. 50% of those 70% had thoughts of killing themselves, suicidal thoughts. So it's a difficult time for everybody. And the opportunity for us here tonight, if you give us a call, 416-870-6400, is for us to talk about how you're managing, right? It's my opportunity to share with you and maybe give you some advice, some direction, or maybe give me some advice, some direction, some skills, things that work for you. I learn every day from people who call me to say, hey, man, you know, I've been dealing with uh, depression forever, but then I read this book and now I'm doing this and this and this. So if you want to hear the kind of basic stuff on how to keep yourself healthy, you know, like keep your head together so you don't feel like you want to jump off the balcony, God forbid, right? Or you want to just pack a bag and scream and leave the whole family behind. I had a woman call me a couple of weeks ago, and I said, uh, I can hear noise in the background. Where are you? She says, I'm outside a Canadian tire. I said, why are you outside a Canadian tire? She says, I ran away. That's a 43-year-old mother of of three children and a husband, two cats and a dog, by the way. And she's like, I can't go home and I have nowhere to go. What do I do? So I just packed a couple of bags and I left. And I said, what are you running from? She says, I don't know. I just got to escape. I just feel like my life is falling apart. I have nowhere to go. I have no corners in the house where I feel safe. My children need me. My husband needs me. Everyone needs me. I don't have time for me. I don't have time to talk about opportunities to get the support I need. I just, we're so busy with everything. And of course, work. Oh my gosh, work. I can't, you know, half the time Zoom doesn't work at my house and I'm disconnected and I've got to call back and I've got work to share and I'm supposed to send in files and it doesn't get sent and it gets caught in somebody's junk mail. I just had to run and scream and I needed to get out of the house. We're going to take a quick call here from Paige, who's in Toronto, wants to know about volunteers in our organization. Hey Paige, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I accidentally turned my radio on, and I heard you talking, and I 
I said to myself, oh, this is a remarkable man speaking <laughs> for everybody, not only for a certain type of people. So I'd like to know more about your, um, your work you're doing and your help to other people. And as well, I'm, I'm, I, I used, well, I lost my vision three years ago, okay? I'm sorry. And yep. I used I used to do a lot of creative writing, and now I can't because I cannot see. I do not have internet. I cannot afford it. So I was hoping that maybe you might know somebody who has some spare time, maybe when the, when the um, pandemic goes away or whatever. I'm not expecting it to happen now, but I could also um, um, be able to talk to somebody on the phone and tell them exactly what I can do. I have written one little biography of myself previously in Excellent. 2015. And I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book um, oh, about nice. um, experience and things like that. But I stopped because no volunteer to help me and I don't have the internet, but I have everything on a flash drive. Okay, Paige, first of all, you're a superstar, okay? The fact that you uh, have lost your vision and you're standing up and you're trying to find some other way to communicate, writing a book, I think is brilliant. Um, I'm really proud of you for doing what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you have some struggles around it, but you're figuring out another way, right? So here's what you're going to do. If you can leave your phone number with, uh, with Sophia, who's uh, going to take your uh, information. And sometime after the show, I'll reach out and we'll find, we'll find some, uh, young person who, uh, who needs to do a good deed. And I'm sure would share, uh, in learning from you and would some benefit from your stories and your history. So I'm absolutely going to do what I can to hook you up with somebody that can come and help you pursue the stuff you need to do. And, uh, thanks so much for calling and saying the nice things. It's so wonderful. By the way, you're our very first caller. So I don't know. Maybe she'll win a prize or something. So give me a call. Thank you so much. God bless you. I'm a Christian. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Okay, so, wow, we got one caller, and it's not my mom. So we're, we're off to a heck of a start here. But you know what? On a serious note, getting back to people, getting back to the lady who's struggling in the car, right? Like, so my conversation with her is about staying in the moment, figuring out what, what the struggles are, other ways of getting around the struggles, and so on. But one of the first things I asked her, which I ask, you know, most people when they call me and say they're having a hard time, First thing I ask them is, when the last time you eat? And most often, are, you know, it's, well, I haven't had something to eat in a couple of days because I've just been too depressed to eat or too anxious to eat or whatever. So first thing is, if you want to stay healthy, you, your mind, like you want to keep your head together, you, want, you don't want to melt down, you got to eat three times a day. So you got to eat, you got to sleep, and you got to have some exercise. I know, it sounds so corny, and it's like, yeah, your mom tells you that, your grandmother tells you that. It's because they're smart people. So listen to a therapist who's been doing this for decades and has been living with people in crisis for, I don't know, close to 3,800 patients in the years I've been doing this. So a long time. Figured even if I'm not that smart, I figured I can get some experience enough to share with you all, right? Even if it just kind of just sticks to you after being around people long enough. So you got to eat, you got to sleep, you got to work out, right? That's the first thing. First and foremost. And then, and then the next thing is you got to be able to talk to somebody. Got to be somebody in your life you can talk to. This woman had to escape because she just had no one to talk to. And fortunately, some, you know, here's a great story. Like the reason she called me is because her mother, uh, the grandmother of her children, heard me on, on another network uh, months ago and took down my phone number and she somehow found it in her, purpose, in her purse. Like this woman who just called just accidentally turned on the radio. 
I know. Does it give you goosebumps? I know. You guys are looking at each other going, who the hell is this guy? He's like, he's for real. Yeah, I'm 100% for real. Um, and I'm, I'm here to try to connect and, and help in any way that I can. So anyway, long story short, with the lady in the car, we talked about how she could go to her best friend's house, which she did. She called me from there. We had a little three-way conversation with her and her best friend. She stayed there for an, an overnight, felt much better. I connected her with a therapist, and uh, hopefully she's doing well. I haven't heard, but God willing, you know, everything is going well. I'll tell you something. Going back to my experience on radio before, I was there for a little over two years, I think 25 months. We saved 37 lives. I mean, 37 people that I know, that I communicated with, that I talked to, that called after the show, or mom had the phone number and gave it to the kid, and he gave it to me after he decided to call me after he got arrested two weeks later or something like that. 37 people whose lives were changed, altered, and likely would have either killed themselves intentionally or unintentionally with the kinds of behavior and at-risk things they were doing. So radio works, right? I know radio is absolutely, you know, people look at it and go, well, you know, it's the internet and we get instant this and instant that. There's nothing more instant than radio. You talk, I talk, you listen, I listen. It's remarkable. And we have a chance to save lives. 416-870-6400 or one talk which is 8255. It's an opportunity for us to share. And oh, by the way, it's, uh, what, 1031? Do you know where your children are, your loved ones? Not you need to go find them. You need to know where the people in your life are at this moment, the ones that you care about, especially these days. Lose your little furry pets and stuff too. So check it out, right? Should have given you that call at 930 or 1030. That's my, my normal go-to. So back to stories about how we struggle. You know, I can tell you that early on, maybe we were into this thing for about six months right into this pandemic. I'm doing virtual stuff, you know, trying to figure it away. Now, one of the ways I survive through my trifecta of things I deal with is I always have a plan B, right? My son said I can't use that on the air because plan B is actually a, a, an after-sex uh, birth control pill or something that is used. So, but I call it a plan B, a, a something that, you know, my, my, my backup plan. Maybe that's a better word. So I always have a backup plan. So when I put together the stuff in my studio so that I can communicate with people and do radio and uh, I do some TV, but most importantly, talk to patients in a constructive way video, in a video structure that works where we can actually talk to one another and see one another. So I had a, got a whole bunch of equipment, got a backup to all my equipment, except for my headphones. I'm into this thing for about four and a half months, five months. That's about 5.30 in the afternoon. Hadn't eaten very well. Didn't sleep much the night before. And certainly didn't have a workout for a couple of days. Didn't go for a walk even, right? And all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of talking to a patient who's having a really hard time sharing from the bottom of his heart, a real try, you know, trying moment, and suddenly my, my, my headphones go, go blank. And I'm looking for the cord, and I'm trying to find the connection. My ADD is freaking out. My, my, my OCD is starting to kick in, and my anxiety disorder, I break out into a huge sweat. I lost myself over not having the headphones that would work. I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't have another pair of headphones I could have gone to. I probably could have figured out another way to use something else, earbuds or something, but I was freaking out at the time. Ran down to my car, stayed in my car, similar to the woman. I didn't want to run away. I just needed a place to escape before I made a mess and had to apologize to my wife for months and months to come. 
So we all struggle, right? We all have little things. For me, it was headphones. For you, it could be the kids for the job or, you know, mom in your face all the time or dad that understanding or your boyfriend just doesn't recognize your needs and, you know, I wish he'd pick up his stuff off the floor or girlfriend or whatever. You know, we're all in this together. And because we're in this together, I mean in it together, I don't mean like in the global way that everyone's talking about it. I like the way I put in global there, name of our, 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 uh, our network. But no, seriously. We are in this together. That's why I'm here. So we're going to talk back. We're going to, when you come back, we're going to talk about standing up for yourself, doing the right thing, right? We're talking about Osaka and uh, how she did the right thing to protect herself. This is shown about 640 Toronto. See you in a minute. Okay, we're back. Thanks. If you didn't know who you tuned into, this is Yona Bud. You're on the road to recovery. We're talking about how to just feel a little more comfortable in our own skin and how we're getting through day by day, minute by minute, and trying to help one another. The way we do that is you give me a call here at 416-870-6400. Running a little too fast there. 888-225-TALK. We want to hear from you. If you want to send us an email sometime, Road to recovery at 640toronto.com. We'll love to hear from you, and we can talk about some of the stuff you share through the week on the next show. We have Ken from Mississauga. He thinks he's a narcissist. Hey, Ken, how are you? Yes. Hello. Good. Uh, yes, hey, buddy. I, uh, just, yes. Not, uh, how are you doing there? I'm doing okay, man. How can I help you? I, I turned on your radio, and I heard your show, and you asked people to call in, and I just wanted to let you know that um, I just got out of the hospital a week ago, Okay. And um, I've never been depressed. I was always optimistic, but uh, I ended up in the hospital for 18 days because I wasn't sleeping for two weeks straight. Right. And I don't know if I was a narcissist or whatever, but I, I thought I was like here to save the world or something. Like I don't know if you've had people like that and like you've heard stories like that. So, so it, do you, do you think, do you think, Ken, you had a bit of a, like a psychotic meltdown? Like where you, let me ask you something without being too personal. Uh, anything different in your life? Maybe drinking a little more or try, you know, smoking a little more weed or something or some I, new I, medication? I, I, anything like I that? Drink. No, I don't drink. I don't smoke, but they did put me on medications at the hospital to slow my brain down and make me yeah. sleep through the night. But so in, did, my episode, did, in my episode where I didn't sleep for two weeks, I, uh, I pretty much I was driving, like I was sleeping in my car, looking for answers and searching for things. And I ended up north of the city, north of Perry Sound. And I ended up bumping, like, driving down a dirt road, not a dirt road, but a road. And I ended up at the entrance of, uh, it's a camp for the deaf. And oh, I don't my. know if it's a sign, but maybe I could put a shout out to bobrumball.org or .com. I forget what it is. It's bobrumball.com. Okay. And maybe well, he was doing missionary work for his, him and his dad back in the 60s. His dad passed away, and he's taken over. And they talked to him. At 69, uh, how you, how, how you, how you doing now, Ken? I don't mean to cut you off. We just have a limited, you know, limited time here, and I, oh, I do okay, want to. No, no, it's okay. Not, don't apologize. It's a pleasure that you called. And I'm sorry that you had a difficult time. But are you on the road to recovery now, though, buddy? Or like you, are you yeah, on the other I'm, side well, doing all the right things? I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on the drugs there to keep my brain from slowing it down. All that. But I was just wondering if you had cases. You had people that, yeah, I've, like I've, I've worked with, I, yeah, I've, I've worked with people in the past. It's typically, you know, typically it's either brought on by trauma uh, in the patients that I've dealt with, at least brought on by trauma or some form of uh, chemical interaction in their blood, either, either through maybe too much drinking or the wrong substances or not using their meds properly. So, uh, but listen, I'm really, uh, yeah, there's, you know, you can, there's people that haven't slept for decades, right? But, uh, I'd love to talk to you about it sometime. If you want to give us a, give us a, a you know, take, leave your sure. number with okay. the, with the, with the, the 
our, our staff at the uh, on the sure. other side okay. of the board here. We'll be glad to get back to you and talk to you about it. Okay, but um, I'm glad you're on the other side, man. And thank you so much for calling it. We have a really brave thing to do. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. Okay. We have Mike from Brampton. He's happy to talk about mental health for once. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm good, Jonah. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling, buddy. Uh, first, I want to say I'm just really glad that uh, we've got a really good quality talk show and not about gold or real estate or employment law. <laughs> Actually, I kind of enjoy the employment law, but the gold. Yeah, they're pretty, these guys are pretty smart. I, I get it. Yeah. Um, I'm happy tonight. I don't share too much about myself, but um, you might be interested, and maybe we can hit off on a couple things. But going back to your last segment, you know, with uh, the struggles of all this lockdown and kids at home, uh, I'm self-employed. I renovate homes okay. and I make my own hours and I show up when I want to and I leave when I want to. So I typically every morning get up, get the kids ready, help the wife clean up the house a little bit. And she locks herself in her office. And then kid number one, who's 14, goes to his office and kid number two goes to her office. She's uh, she's nine. Right. And then I go to Tim Hortons and I get everybody breakfast, coffees, chocolate milks. You're going to love this. I get home. I go up the stairs, three doors all in a row. Knock on door number one. Open it. There's the wife on the headset doing her thing. Don't even talk to her. Just drop her stuff on the desk. Close the door. Door number two. There's the 14-year-old. He's sitting there doing his online class. Dropped his stuff off. Yep. Door number three, same thing. And I'm like, I close all the doors and I walk back out to the garage and get back in my pickup. And I'm like, this is, that's prison. I just delivered morning chow to their prisoners in their cell. And they're yeah, there I, all day. I, I hear you. I hear you, Mike. You know, you, you, it's a good thing that you're, uh, you're that kind of dad. But, uh, you know, before I, before I kind of let you go here, I don't mean to do that, but we've got so much going on here. Um, are, are you struggling with it all, though? Or, or are you just kind of going with the Sound to me like you're kind of going with the flow. Jonah, I'm a, I'm a U.S. combat veteran. Oh, so this is nothing for you, brother. Well, it, it's very triggering on a lot of things because the anxiety is just like oh, sitting right, on right. the tarmac before deployment and you have no idea. Yeah. I would actually yeah. rather the world be on fire right now because I would know what to do. But the anticipation, the buildup, the yeah. what's coming next, that's that's the hard part. Like I said, I, I, I don't do the, the anticipation well. I do the reactory stuff really well. Right. You know, when it's just do, don't think. Yep. But this, uh, this not it's knowing not, what, like my son, he, he's a, a star football player on his youth football. I coached his team. and he, We were watching a football movie the other day. He's like, Dad, I really miss football. I really miss you know, like, You know what? I, you know, I miss he, you playing it. He's lucky. He's lucky to have you in his life, uh, Mike. And thanks so much, not just for the call tonight and for sharing and uh, and for the coffees and stuff for your kids. They probably didn't say thank you, so I will for them. But most importantly, for your service in the past and uh, you're a warrior and a champion. And I really appreciate you calling. Uh, well, as soon as we come back from break, hopefully Peter uh, Pete's going to wait and uh, we're going to chat with him. Uh, he needs to talk to somebody who's coming out uh, as trans and he's not quite sure how to make that person comfortable. So maybe together we can uh, share some ideas and. Uh, uh, and uh, give them some comfort, right? Maybe some ideas, strategies, 
maybe somebody out there has gone through that. If you've talked to somebody about coming out of the closet in one form or another, uh, whether regardless of what that is, whether it's a lawyer who decides he wants to be a, uh, you know, a, uh, a bar, you know, decides he wants to be a, a baker or a chef or someone who's trying to understand where their body fits with their desires and needs, all that kind of stuff. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. 416-870-6400 or 888-225-TALK. And we're going to talk to Pete as soon as we come back from break. This is Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. See you in a minute. Okay, don't worry. The time flies when you're having a good time. I was just talking to Loretta and Sophia there in the back room. And holy smokes, it feels like we just got started. So it's hard to get it all in. But, uh, man, I'm really glad you all tuned in and decided to be a part of this. It's really exciting for everyone involved, especially for me. My toes are tingling and twitching and my fingers are rocking and my knees are knocking. And I'm really excited to be part of this whole experience with you all. We have Pete. He's from Ajax. Hey, Pete, how are you? Um, hi. I hi. have, uh, I, I think, uh, kind of a unique problem. I have a work colleague that I have not physically seen in 15 months because of the pandemic. And okay. during that time, they have chosen to come out as trans. And um, uh, actually, the uh, official pronouncement was on June the first uh, at the start of Pride Month, and I'm and how and how can I help you with that part? How can I help you with uh, with your friend? Um, I'm aware that uh, gender dysphoria is unlike being gay is actually a psychiatric illness, and I'm finding that. I don't know how to deal with the pronouns um, that this individual wants, and I'm I'm making mistakes, and I I don't know. I, I, okay. I'm looking. So for- let, let, let let me uh, first of all, buddy. Thank you so much for the call, and I, I I it's I hear you. Like I can hear your frustration. Listen, I have a hard time with it too. I, I'm constantly making mistakes of not of not understanding the the non-binary part. That's uh, I'm having a hard time with that. But listen, uh, in a in a real quick kind of down and dirty. Um, a uh, bit of advice here, you know, explain to your friend that this is new to you and you're struggling, you're, you're learning, you want to be, you want to be there for them uh, and you're going to make mistakes. And if they can just call you up on them and kind of help you and guide you, you're open to making change. You're open to learning. You're open to feeling, but most importantly, you're there to support them, even though you may not understand everything, but you're there to support them and it doesn't matter to you. Uh, but I'll tell you, if you're approaching this thing, like it's a, potentially a psychiatric issue, uh, you might be coming at it, buddy. This is just a really good choice maybe for them or not, but it's their choice. Either way, if they're friends of yours, colleagues, all you want to do is support them. You, you don't have to live in their skin. They do, and that's what's most important. Thanks for the call, Pete. I really appreciate it. Okay. You know, we're going to talk about talk about living in your own skin. Four-time slam champ Osaka, the uh, article recently uh, in, the, in the news about uh, the young lady, 23-year-old, who was born in Japan and moved to the U.S. at a young age and so on. Uh, phenomenal tennis player. Makes a ton of money. I think she's like the wealthy, uh, the, the most uh, highly paid, uh, they say here, the highly pay, most highly paid female uh, athlete because of all of the um, all of the money she gets for endorsements and so on anyway she decided that uh, during a big event the article goes on to say uh, during a turn of events at a for her for a four-time grand slam champion who says she experiences huge waves of anxiety 
before speaking to the media and revealed that she suffered long bouts of anxiety. So basically the whole story is she walked away from the media scrum um, and because her anxiety was so high uh, in terms of, you know, the anxiety that she has around talking to people. I, I, I don't know. Do you have problems with that too? we got a few minutes. I mean, not a lot of time, but we'd like to hear from you. 416-870-6400. Do you have a hard time telling people how you feel and what makes you anxious? I, I mean, I for a long time, I wasn't able to do it. I do it all the time. I tell people all the time, listen, man, I've got anxiety disorder, OCD, and ADD, so if I mess up, understand before you jump all over me that maybe I wasn't working with uh, all of my equipment that day, right? Being able to talk to people, but to be able to stand up in public and say, I can't make it to the, to the podium. I can't get in front of the microphone today because my anxiety is eating me alive, so to speak. And if you've ever had an anxiety attack or a panic attack, I can see you're looking at me, right? I can see you're all looking at me. Put your hands up. See? I mean, look at all of you out there, right? We've Everyone's experienced some kind of panic. If you're looking at the arms I'm looking at out there, like there's thousands of you. Some kind of panic, getting on an airplane, waiting for exam, exam results, walking down the aisle to get married. A little bit of panic, right? A little anxiety, a little sweat around the neck. Maybe you'd like to go and throw up for a minute. I don't mean to laugh. But that's what we're talking about. So she create, create levels of anxiety. She finally came out and said, I can't do this media scrum. And her uh, professional organization fined her $15,000. She makes so much money that $15,000 is, you know, like the money it would cost someone to go get a coffee. But obviously she doesn't feel like that. She framed her situation as a mental health issue. Would you do that? That's the question. Would you do that? Would you stand up for yourself? Would you say, I can't come into work today because I'm just not feeling well? Right? Would you take the time to say that I'm not well in terms of my mental health? Would you let people in your life know that you might not be dealing with, you know, a full deck at the moment because things are bothering you and you need some support? Calling your boss and say, God forbid, that your mother or father or someone in your life passed away? Or how about that your cat died? That's horrible too, right? Calling your boss and say, I just don't feel like coming in tomorrow. I'm not feeling my best. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. You think you could do that? And if so, would you lose your job? Would they understand? Well, she took a chance in front of the whole world and decided to stand up for herself. And tennis, and the, what did they say? The French Tennis Federation president, uh, he said that uh, we wish her the best and the quickest possible recovery. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very difficult for someone who's in that situation to stand up for themselves. I think it's difficult for someone to, you know, take the time and have the, the parts, have the backbone to say I'm not well and I've been struggling for a long time. I mean, she's just a kid. And she has everybody in the media all over her all the time. For her, this is a very difficult moment. So I don't know. Agree or disagree? I I I'm, I think she's a superstar. So do some other people in the uh, in the sporting world. The other t- tennis players have said that they stand up for her and that they're uh, impressed with her uh, her commitment. And that even though you know showing up to these events is part of the part of the game, they understand when someone can't do it all of the time. So I don't know. 
I think that more and more as time goes on nowadays, especially where people understand that mental health is a disease and that many of us are plagued by it and that anxiety can be a real thing. Depression can be a real thing. Post-traumatic stress is a real thing. You just need to talk about it more. That's what this show's about, right? We're looking forward to hearing from you for the weeks to come, sharing your thoughts and ideas and views about the stuff we're talking about. It's important. It's important to me. And hopefully it's important to the other people that listen. Because although there's only a bunch of people that call, a handful or so, which was amazing tonight, there's thousands of you listening. And hopefully thousands of you are getting some benefit from the fact that we're here every Saturday night and that we care. It makes a difference to us. You make a difference to us. I'm committed to be here to help you, to support you, to give you what you need in times of, of a difficult and during a difficult time. Excuse me. You know, this young lady who stood up for herself and walked away, regardless of the impact, did the right thing. It empowered her to be strong. It gave her the, 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 the impetus, the, the amount of energy that she needed in order to do what she needs to do tomorrow, which is get well. More important to her than, you know, promoting her, her, her tennis stardom is to get well. And that's what she's doing, self-care. We're going to talk a lot about self-care in the weeks and months to come. So thank you so much for joining me here tonight. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and I'd uh, love to hear from you. You can reach out, road to recovery at 640toronto.com by email. Uh, love to hear from you. And um, next week we're going to do a whole bunch of new stuff and some exciting stuff and some stuff out of the news and deal with the things that you and I uh, want to talk about, the things that make a difference. Remember, if you're with someone, love the one you're with. Give them a hug. Let them know that you care. And uh, if you're on your own, I'll give you a hug, and I love you, and I care. This is Yona Bud, 640 Toronto. Make it a great week.